Welcome to Crypto Moon Hunters, the only crypto podcast bringing you the latest projects across the industry. Cryptocurrencies discussed in this podcast are highly speculative and ultra high risk. Never invest more than you can comfortably afford to lose. Any information discussed in this podcast should not be considered financial advice and is provided for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only. Seriously, these guys are idiots. And now here are your hosts, professionals of buying high and selling low. Welcome to Crypto Moon Hunters. I am Crypto Mail. With me today, we have Tim Tello, who is the COO of Pocket Full of Quarters. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And uh, you have a really exciting project, Loot, who unfortunately isn't able to make today, had a health issue with his son, but we are both real excited about this. We're both big gamers and very into crypto, obviously doing a crypto podcast, and you bridge both gaps. So if you wouldn't mind, just give us a little bit of your background and then tell us about the project. Yeah. So um, I come from gaming. Um, I've been in the gaming industry for about 10 years prior to starting a blockchain company. Um, my my initial team, my, you know, the founding team uh, is either tech heavy or video game heavy. So we've done over a hundred, we have over a hundred years in video games and 200 chip titles. Um, our creative director, Chris Cross, created Medal of Honor. Um, we have Mark Kaplan, head of licensing, who uh, brought Spider-Man um, from Marvel to Sony, which is a little bit controversial, but, you know, it's kind of a cool thing to, to be able to claim, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and so then we have on the, on the other side, you know, our CEO, Mike, was uh, is very, very much um, tech-heavy. You know, he went to Princeton with the the founder of Avalanche. He's good friends with John Wu. You know, uh, JNT, uh, the creator of Matic Polygon, actually worked for us and created Matic Polygon as a rollout of POQ. A lot of people don't know that, which is kind of a, a really cool like beginning story of how we came about. Um, so you know, we've been around forever. We're kind of, we've kind of been in this you know uh, under the radar mode while we got the SEC no action letter, the patent. Uh, you know, and really worked forward to trying to trying to make sure we were on the right level, um, because you know uh, we we felt like the way to get gaming into what we're doing was really about getting compliance and all the all the stepping stones prepared before they before we uh, were ready to ready to ship it out. So we got all the groundwork ready, and you know, that's where we're at now. Now, are you seeing, before we get into the actual, what the project does, are you seeing any challenges with the regulatory hurdles on, you know, just not knowing what the regulation is at this point? Or do you feel like you got that pretty buttoned up at this stage? We got got it pretty buttoned up. I think the biggest problem now, uh, and we're we're solving it very quickly, is education. Um, Educating both the blockchain side and the gaming side, actually, to to each other, right? Um, A lot of people don't understand, you know, there's very few people that are gaming and blockchain experts and we're, we're trying to bridge that gap and we've created a, an engineerless solution um, that is 100 percent compliant with all regulatory laws and so that's really the the basis of how we're able to open those doors right you know there's no, none of the big publishers have started to work in blockchain yet but the, all of them have their eyes on it they're trying to figure out how they can do that uh, and we're starting to showcase how, you know, how they can create their own tokens using our model, how they can easily integrate with our SDKs and stuff like that. Okay, great. Well, why don't we take a step back a little bit? And can you explain to our audience exactly what what your project is and what it hopes to accomplish? 
Sure. Yeah. So, bucket full of horrors is uh, we are replacing the fragmentation of free to play tokenomics. Um, so, we've created a token um, that acts like a utility token on the blockchain that has no par value. That's got an SEC no action letter, um, and we have a cryptocurrency. So, it's a two token model. Um, so, similar to like how play to earn works. Uh, except for the cryptocurrency doesn't actually reside within the video game. Um, there's a few reasons we do that. Um, one, because we feel like it's uh, it was the, the compliant way of doing it. But two, because uh, I don't think parents are going to let kids play with real money, right? You get into gambling laws, you get into um, securities laws, you get into a bunch of different you know issues. Uh, and so we, we've separated the two. Um, and so we, we feel like this is the model that uh, really makes sense for developers and publishers. We can white label um, tokens for them. So we can create, um, using our services, we can create a token um, for EA and it, it, it instantly becomes interoperable. So any, any game that shares the SDK or, or the chain that we put them on, um, the, the token instantly goes from one game to the other, cross-platform, cross-game. Cross um, so similar to Fortnite, um, how it works with Fortnite mobile to Fortnite console, um, we can do the exact same thing. But we can even go a step further and we can bypass the 30% revenue shares of like Apple, Google, Xbox, Steam, uh, and allow developers and publishers to sell their tokens on their website uh, and only pay a 7% fee. So um, that's really, you know, we're giving them all the benefits of the blockchain with, without having to really change too much of the fundamentals of what they've they, they're, they're used to, right? Free-to-play gaming. Gotcha. And now for on the developer side, for programming purposes, is it easy to implement into their system or is that somewhat of a complex process? Uh, it's pretty simple, actually. Yeah, we have a so we have an SDK and a lot and an API, um, and they're all really like, you know, one-day developments. You know, we, we work directly with Unity um, and Unreal. Um, we, we do have PlayFab and Lumberyard, but you know, those, aren't, those two aren't the bigger engine. So we're directly with Unity, directly with Unreal to have our SDKs super, you know, super clean that support all levels of Unreal and all levels of Unity. Uh, and it's just a plug and play system. You know, you apply the SDK and you're ready to go. That's awesome. And it's something that I think all gamers, you know, when you build up a big, a huge platform of characters, you know, that's kind of where the NFT world is heading and then you build up a huge platform of rev, you know revenue gems or coins within your game whenever you're kind of tired of the game you it, it always hurts to leave and start over at a new place so if you could take even some of that with you it would be yeah. so appealing now is your plan or kind of vision for this to have kind of individual ecosystems so for example ea games would have their own chain that they use and transfer coins or would you is your goal to kind of see, you know, EA travel over to, you know, Sony games or, you know, different publishers pulling that coin from uh, publisher to publisher? I would, I, you know, I would love a universal token, right? If we, if we can dream to dream, right? If we, if credits are a real thing and Ready Player One could be the way the world works, but, you know, that's, that's just a, you know, a little bit of a far-fetched dream, right? I kind of look at it in terms of countries. Um, and I would love to have where quarters are token to be maybe a, a medium of exchange, but each token uh, or each publisher would be represented by a country. Um, now, I do think there are going to be like small publishers and indie developers that can come together and create co-ops. So like think of like the Euro, 
Right. Um, they come together and almost compete with on a publisher model with one token that you know represents a thousand games or. You know, I, I think that's possible, right? You give you give indie developers a real power to go and actually take on the big guys because you can create almost, you know, instead of a subscription, just like a, a new new version of Roblox that's not uh, detained by the uh, the physics or the the graphics of Roblox, right? You can build on any engine, and it's it's virtually you know open to everything. And we we do have like our wallets already built in. There's no signage there's no clickage so you don't even know you're using web3 it, it's so smooth and transitions it's just instantaneous yeah your your layouts and everything that i've seen um digging through your sites look really good i can tell this was uh, a lot of thought has went into this and i think that's a lot of what's missing in crypto is you see a lot of the projects they release the coin raise the funding and then realize they haven't built the infrastructure so you see, yeah. you just see so many of these coins come and go um yeah went the other way yeah. <laughs> you know, we've been around longer than matic polygon like i said matic was a rollout of our company because we were thinking about gas fees when ethereum was 99 cents per transaction and we were trying to figure out you know i was like well if it's 99 cents for a transaction and it's 99 cents to buy the tokens no one's going to do that no one's going to pay double and so we we're you know we we had hired janty and he had an idea for forking ethereum and that's how matic polygon was created um, which is kind of crazy to think about like how far back we went and how we could have easily listed back then like everyone else to like, you know, like wax or like engine, uh, you know, but none of those guys have anything, right? They're still vaporware, like living on a dream. And, you know, we have direct integrations with OpenSea for our NFTs. We have NFT wallets that can transfer from game to game. We have our tokens that are ready to go. And, you know, we're getting ready to list in the next next few weeks here. That's exciting. Now, do you have um, for the the games that you hope to onboard? Um, do you have a you know, what kind of pipeline do you have, or do you have any names that you can share um, with the audience at this point? You know, we have a hundred titles on our esports platform, so a lot of people uh, may may know us from our esports platform. We have one of the largest. Um, so as we've been growing this, we've been growing growing a user acquisition model. Uh, using streamers, we have over 500 streamers that we work with um, that are signed. A thousand that we, a thousand more that we work with. 500 that are signed. Um, we have daily tournaments, so we have direct integrations with like Fortnite and a few other games that we can we work with. Um, so there's 100 titles there. We have 40 titles in the pipeline now. We have 14 titles that have already been published to Apple and Google, um, and we have a few streamer titles as well as a few Steam titles that have come out and. Uh, nothing like that I would say that is super big. Um, there are some big things coming, um, but my PR team would get really upset with me if I if I announced them too early. Okay, no problem. And I, we understand, you know, a lot, especially the the marquee names for them to fully integrate something like this is probably a little ways off as they're doing their R and D on crypto because you know a lot of the large companies are still. I can tell you we're one of the largest publishers in, in the world right now um, to create their own tokens because of how compliant we are and you know there's no no risk for them. Thanks, excellent. So even on uh, we would say mobile titles, you know, we saw the the rise over the last several years of how popular TapJoy became. Um, so you know you go in and you buy certain things and you you get extra gems. It, do you? feel like the integration is going to be as simple as that where somebody goes in and it's, you know, they can access your, your portal through those apps. 
So it's exactly that easy. You know, it's going to literally be, I think the, the key to making web web three, um, you know, being adopted by, by the gaming, uh, gaming world is to make it feel like web two, um, with better benefits. Right. We, we even have um, technology where we can literally think of like Mario or Sonic as you're collecting coins in the game in real time. That's a transaction. Um, we, we own the patent for that. We've actually created games that can do that where you don't even have to hit a paywall as you play. You're actually paying and you're actually spending and you're actually earning without ever having to open, you know, make any kind of transaction. Now, I read that you're token um you're gonna have it you know be a fixed price so that you know whenever you purchase you always receive the same amount um how do you how does your tokenomics work in that regard well so so you're, there's you got then we gotta clarify again though there's two tokens okay right we, we have the token for video games which we call ours is called quarters and it's always 400 for a dollar similar similar to how there's four quarters for a dollar right now, EA may use their own, our technology and call it something completely different and charge whatever they like, right? Uh, and they may have tariffs between games. So you could see, the like you said, right now there's zero, it's a 100% tariff, 100% taxation to move from one year to another. Um, but they could make it where, you know, it's free or, you know, maybe 50%. Like maybe you're going from, you know, one Star Wars to the next, right? Or one Battlefront to the next. And you... you don't have to lose everything, but maybe you pay two to one to, to transfer as much as you can. Or, you know, maybe the NFTs transfer just through the hot wallet so you could start off on, you know, kind of a, a souped up level. Now, the Q2s, which is our cryptocurrency, they work alongside quarters to the smart contract. So every time quarters are purchased, it buys and burns Q2s. Um, so similar to how like a play to earn model is, these tokens have a direct direct value with the sell and the revenue of quarters um, because they they buy and burn. So every time someone purchases uh, quarters within our ecosystem, we take fifteen percent of that revenue um, that we make and we use that to buy and burn our own token. Gotcha. Now you'd mentioned that you're you're going to have a, a coin launch soon. Can you give us a little bit of information about that? Sure. Yeah. So we're launching on about seven different, um, seven different um, exchanges: um, Binance, Bitmart, uh, Voyager, XT in China. Um, you know, a few others. Um, well, you know, it's coming. I would say for sure, it's for sure in May. Um, you should see the launch. There's going to be some pretty big announcements that come along with it that I can't can't talk about too much right yet, but. Um, you know, I think I think um, we're looking at you know a top 20, 20 to thirty token within the next next year or two, um, just given the announcements that we're going to be able to make with it. That's exciting. This is definitely one I uh, plan to watch closely as I feel like this is something that the gaming community is going to latch on to as the the rise of cryptocurrency continues. Because I don't I don't see it stopping anytime soon. It's it's just too popular at this point. <laughs> It's definitely coming, or it's inevitable. And I think we really we we've tried to really do a good job of bridging what the Web three people want and what the game uh, developers and publishers want, and what the players want. And we're we're trying to sit in the middle of there, like, look, you can't you can't go all the way to play to earn, or you can't go all the way to loot boxes with NFTs because that that's just not good for players. But you know, and then for publishers, you don't have to change your entire monetization model. 
right? Because right now, fragmentation is their model. And, you know, for players, like, wouldn't it be great to be able to spend your tokens everywhere instead of one place, right? It, it's the difference of, like, what if everything you purchased in life, when you got a return, was in a gift card, right? Like, so you go to, let's say you went to Starbucks, you give them $10, and they give you $4 back on a gift card. And you just had a bunch of those. But then Visa comes out and says, I'll buy all your gift cards, and you can take it anywhere. That, that's the difference we're trying to make in gaming. Now, what do you think um, the reason, and I see this in, in the gaming community, it seems like the vast majority of the gamers are very anti-crypto, and then the crypto people don't seem to be as, I, I don't know, they, they seem to have a, a very weird view of gaming. Where, where do you think that disconnect is? Because I kind of feel like it should be a natural fit, but you just don't see it too much yet. I think the big disconnect for gamers themselves is, is you know, people being taken advantage of, right? For so long now, and spe- especially since free-to-play has come out, uh, it's been about whale hunting. And it's been about how much money can I get out of you? How much breakage is there in the game? You know, how, how addicted are you, right? And that's not been fun for gamers. Because when I was growing up, you paid, you know, 29 to $59 and you had everything, right? It was how good are you? Can you collect everything? Uh, you didn't have to buy these things. You you earned them, right? Um, and I think that that breakage there, you know, and EA has been really bad about it. And then with what Ubisoft did was absolutely horrific, right? They come out with loot boxes. But if you really want the best items, you had to pay thousands and thousands of dollars for them. And, of course, gamers are going to, you know, revolt, right? They're, forever, it's always been about how good are you with this game and what can you earn, not how much are you willing to spend to have the best material. Gamers absolutely hate play to win. They hate it, right? Real gamers hate that. And that's kind of what they were trying to make it. And that's what, you know, loot boxes were. And that's what, you know, and loot boxes were even worse because it was almost like gambling. And they, they, they've outlawed them now, but it was almost like gambling. You, you had a one in a million shot to get the sword you were trying to get. And people would spend thousands and thousands of dollars trying to get it. And would never get it, and you know it's just terrible. Yeah, but the loot boxes are the worst. I, it, people that know me on my gaming podcast know I have the worst RNG on the planet when it comes to anything like that. So it, yeah, and that and that's exactly what Ubisoft did. So the first real tell of of true blockchain gaming that we see is a loot box model with NFTs. But in order to get the best NFTs, instead of like saying, oh, well, you know, just keep playing the loot box, you can just go and buy it for $1,000 on this 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 uh, NFT exchange. Well, that's kind of bullshit, right? No one wants to spend $1,000 for some in-game item. That, that's not as you're supposed to work. And so that's where the disconnect is on on the on the gamer side. And on the, on the blockchain side, I would ar- honestly argue, and, you know, this could be a little bit controversial, there has not been a video game yet published to the blockchain. Axie Infinity is not a video game, in my opinion. It's it's a $50,000 piece of crap from Unity that they put NFTs in. And, you know, it's all based on speculation. And it was a first to market. They, everyone was just money grabbing at that point. And, you know, the people that are, are the 100 million web threeers that are gamers, per se, are all speculative gamers. They're not... They're not playing games to play for the fun of the game because there's no fun games out there on blockchain. They're playing games strictly for the speculation of is this coin going to pump or not? 
And we, had, um, we had won that. It was actually kind of fun. I mean, it wasn't. It was good for a crypto game. It was kind of like a Battlescar Galactica, you know, you know, old school eighty style game. But it, it was a decent game. But then the developer rugged it. We actually had him on in one of our early episodes. <laughs> and, um, it, well. It's a long, complicated story, but either he rugged it or one of the programmers that was like part of designing it, it basically embezzled out of the, and then it became got to a point where they they couldn't move forward with it. So when it, once again, it's you know they rushed. It was a game that, and in his defense, it was a game that came out and it became ultra popular because it was a rare, fun game to play on crypto, and it mm-hmm. grew so fast. He you know was way out of his league, but. Something funny uh, happened, and then it yeah. you know, catastrophically crashed, which is what you see in most crypto, like to your point, which you've seen on most crypto games, and then the successful ones like Axie Infinity is basically, you know, it's more or less just staking, and you push a button, stake, and let it go for a little bit and come back, and you either got something or you didn't. Yeah, that's not that's not a game, right? No. It's not fun. <laughs> Um, I think I think we're you know it takes time to build great games right um, you know even even cheap games that we would build um, grow up when I was in, in the industry you know maybe like a two three million dollar development that still takes a year right it still takes time you still gotta you know there's a lot of a lot of work that goes into games like that now you can you can definitely reskin titles but not reskin them to the to the monetization structure of what we're seeing in the in the crypto industry now. But, you know, with what we're doing, right, by just replacing the token with a blockchain token that has a better, you know, use case and a better value, uh, and then attributing that to an actual to- an actual crypto on exchanges. And that's a completely different model than we've seen today. Um, you know, that's taking what we have, making it better, and then utilizing that to create value on on a crypto and that's that's exchangeable. Yeah, I, I I think this is the next gen the next step in crypto gaming because building a crypto game on the blockchain will take. I mean, we we're we're years away from I think quality games coming out. Um, I think yeah. your, your solution is a way to accelerate that process without them having to reinvent how they build the game. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so, you know, we work with every EVM compatible chain. Um, so, you know, we we help, uh, you know, everyone from like Clayton to Harmony to Binance to, you know, we're, we're, I'm literally flying out to meet with Algaron, um in Boston, the CEO of Algaron. Um, You know, we, we're, we're helping all these guys use their, their grant funding because we see all the deal flow. We see all the games. We know all the players. And we're bringing them opportunity to get transactions. The, the key to every every single chain today is transactions. The reason people build on Polygon is because they have the most transactions. And you know whether that that chain is scalable or not, it's irrelevant. It's all about transactions. And you know you got to think about there's a hundred million people using crypto, but if you bring a game with a hundred thousand users that are transacting every single day, you know that that's a milestone into what we're you know what we're seeing so you could put a hundred thousand new players on the harmony who whose chain's not that great in transactions but it automatically pumps because you know you're talking about a, a world of percentages not you know that's relative right and so you know it, it we're, we're we're about to see some crazy stuff happen i think and then with 
Ethereum 2.0 coming out and then all these forks of Ethereum, I think we might be able to start seeing 100,000 transactions per second, maybe 200,000 transactions per second. Um, we're, we're really getting to the point where blockchain gaming is going to make more and more sense. Well, and the other interesting thing about the blockchain gaming that you bring up is that I think we'll weed out the poor chains that whenever whenever these these amount of transactions start hitting the chains, it's not going to be acceptable when you're gaming to have you know horrible wait times and huge gas fees. It's just it's not going to yeah. work. So uh, I, I think we'll weed out the chains that maybe have lasted longer than they should have. Absolutely, yeah, we absolutely will, and I think we'll weed out a bunch of. I think within this year, the SEC and then technology will weed out, you know, a good fifty percent of what we see out there in exchanges now. Um, you know, real products will be standing, but you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff that, that gets gets dropped. Um, I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. You know, we're, we're going to start seeing the real world um, right before our eyes, um, and then you know, these chains that are. They can't compete. They're they're going to get dropped. But like even you know even like Polygon, you know, like I said, we were a rollout of Polygon. We broke Polygon. I don't know how many times. You know, we'll do four million transactions in a day, and they're, right now they're doing about ten million. But just on our esports platform, we will break Polygon. Wow, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's interesting. Um, I, I'm really excited about crypto and gaming. I think that's the next big phase of crypto before we move into whatever whatever direction it decides to go after that. It just seems too natural of a fit. I agree with you. I, I really do believe the the convergence of, of people onto Web3, it starts with gaming, right? Three billion gamers in the world, that's half the world. Um, and it's only getting bigger. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I really like your project. Um, we'll definitely keep an eye out for your launch. Any other things you'd like to cover before we wrap this up? You know, we're doing a lot of cool stuff in gaming, but I'd also watch out for some cool stuff we're doing in both Metaverse and as well as uh, NFTs. Um, I'll let it slip a little bit. We're doing a cool Stan Lee Metaverse and an NFT drop here pretty soon. Um, and there's going to be some cool stuff on that side of the world as well. So, you know, our crypto comes out, like I said, in May, and then our we have some cool launches coming alongside of that. So I'd watch out for both. Awesome. Great. And if you're listening to this, um, check the show notes. We have all of their links to all of their sites and some media press that they've had recently. So definitely make sure you give this one a deep dive. Well, Tim, we really appreciate you coming on. I think you have one of the best projects I think we've ever had on this podcast. So um, as a as a a gamer this is one i'm super excited for so thanks again yeah no worries thank you for having me you guys have a good day thank you for listening to this episode of crypto moon hunters if you like the show consider becoming a patreon and get special perks just go to patreon.com slash crypto moon hunters you can also tip your host by donating to our wallets just see the address in the show notes please be sure to like subscribe and leave comments on whatever platform you listen to 